Hello and welcome to the Range Exposure Podcast. My name is Sean and I'm going to be your host. As always, all the information we talk about here will be on the rangeexposure.com website under episode two in the podcast section. All drills Ron and I talk about during this episode will also be posted on the website as well. Jump over to the Range Exposure Facebook page and join the Range Exposure Podcast group where we can all share. Today on the show, we've got Ron Carter, a jack of all trades, master of none, as he likes to be described. Uh, He works with Save the Second. Uh, He's also a firearms instructor and uh, just a great guy all around. Welcome, Ron. Dude, thank you so much for having me, Sean. I I can see your face right now, and you look wonderful. I wish oh, everybody could see your oh, wonderful face. You're so sweet. Um, so I'm I'm glad you could be my first guest. Welcome, and thank you so much. So honored, man. Really honored. I mean, I, I'm digging what you're doing, man. I really am. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so let's uh, well, let's dive into it. Um, let's let's kind of let everyone know. Obviously, I gave you a little bit of an intro, but let's go get into your background a little bit. I know we're we're kind of similar. Got some military experience in there. We both. Uh, you managed a gun shop, I believe. You you compete a little bit. You train a little bit. So why don't you uh, why don't you talk about that? Yeah. Uh, so starting off at Square One, I grew up in southeastern Arkansas, mostly deer hunting. Uh, people in southeastern Arkansas, you do you know one of two things: duck hunting or deer hunting. I did more deer hunting than duck hunting, uh, but that's that's where I grew up. I shot a little bit with 4-H uh, growing up, and I, I got pretty good at it. Uh, I enlisted in the Arkansas army national guard and had a very happy girl. Oh yeah, dude. Hey, Hey, we can warrior all the way, but that's right. There's there's a lot of things I would have done differently. Had I, had I known uh, when I was 18, right? Absolutely. No, I mean, there's, there's so much stuff, especially with the, the army guard. Like I I really wish I would have had a a better career and retired. I wanted to be, I wanted to do nothing but be an infantry guy and look, (laughs) <laughs> I could have done so many more things that could have benefited me outside of the army, but you know, uh, had to do the infantry thing. So I get it. Oh, totally, man. And I wish I, uh, you know, had that blue cord, man. I, I was nothing special. My, my enlistment was absolutely, uh, nothing truly that I'm, I, I'm proud of. I wish I could, could have done so much more, but hindsight is always twenty twenty, and you can't just live in the past. You got to press that's forward. Right. So that's exactly what I did, man. Uh, in roughly 2008, I started really getting back into firearms. Uh, I, I was married and uh, decided that I needed to have, uh, you know, more than just a hunting focus with, with sure. firearms. And so I started reloading. I started uh, really just diving in into the, into the defensive side of things. One of my first civilian firearms classes that I had was with Robert Butler, Kanaz Tactical Group. And, sure. Yeah. Man, he's coming was, on the show. Oh, he's such a good dude. Uh, I, I, his training was was my foundation for for really seeing how defensive firearms use goes and what a wonderful foundation it's been man and of course i i I can't just like wade into the pool you know with anything i have to jump into the deep end of the pool so uh, (laughs) we're we're the same in that regard too yeah yeah and and so similar to you you know i started uh working at a gun shop and decided that i really wanted to to do that more. I started off on like a volunteer basis, right? And and I've got a full time job in aviation on the side, and I've I've had that for a while. But yeah, I, I got more into the FFL side of things. And of course, if you're in the FFL, 
uh, world, you know, selling guns, selling accessories, selling ammo, all that good stuff. Well, the natural progression is to shoot more. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. I mean, all the time you spend selling other people guns. I mean, you just want those and you want to go shoot them. I mean, that's how my experience went with a, with a gun shop is get me out of this, this brick building, get me on the range. Right. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting too, in that realm, I, I saw a lot of things of what not to do. Sure. Uh, and, and, you know, not only with, uh, you know, methodologies of firearms use, but also within gear itself, what gear to stay away from. And, <laughs> yeah. You but, learn that very quickly being in retail for sure. Oh man. Uh, so, so yeah, I, I started doing that. And uh, along with, uh, competition, I started getting into competition around the, the 2013, 2014 timeframe, uh, IDPA mainly international defensive pistol association, and that ultimately culminated to me wanting credentials, instructor credentials. And, and the very first one that I got, ironically enough, was from Robert Butler. Robert Butler taught a, uh, an RSO, a range safety officer, NRA range safety officer course. And, All right. and so that, that, was, that was my first one, man. And so. Yeah, yeah. My, mine was, uh, was basically pistol with, uh, you know, with Judson down there with uh, Silver Mountain Instruction. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And that, that's exactly where I went to next. I went to, to Judson and I, I got, uh, you know, my basic pistol instructor cert and and from there i've been instructing more i'm no longer you know associated with uh, any businesses ffls or anything like that so i just shoot and instruct and then last year uh last june a group that i had made called nra members for accountability decided that we needed to become a nonprofit so that we could have funding or at least you know some sort of meager funding to help reform the National Rifle Association of America. And we couldn't use NRA in our nonprofit or else the NRA would sort us of <laughs> off. Sure, of so, course. So we, uh, we decided to, to land with the name or go with the name Save the Second. Ultimately, the, the Save the Second idea isn't necessarily that we're, you know, out to save the second, you know, and entirely like we're, you know, not a national organization, but rather through the reformation of the NRA, making the NRA what it's supposed to be, we, we stand the best chance of saving the second. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's, that's awesome. I remember when those, those Facebook uh, requests to, to, you know, like the page and stuff first started going around, I started, started digging into those. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, uh, that's much more honorable than uh, what a lot of people are doing in the firearms community rather than just uh, what, what we like to call uh you know, bitching without, you know, don't, don't write, don't, uh, don't call the senators, don't do anything. Right. So you're, you're out there doing it. Um, I think that's fantastic. And I thank you for it. Um, I know, um, you know, I haven't, I haven't spent a whole lot of money in membership dues, but, uh, you know, I paid for part of Wayne LaPierre's suits, right? Like, I think we all have. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, at $274,000, uh, you know, I mean, it takes a lot of members to, to get one. Suit for <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, so diving into that a little bit more, the, the mission for, um, save the second. I mean, we got into that a little bit, you, you know, obviously I think a lot of the NRA, um, you know, the, the members want a change in the MRA, uh, or excuse me, the NRA. Um, obviously the NRA seems to fight that at every level imaginable. Um, but, uh, you know, with the member meetings and all that sort of stuff going on. Um, so what, I mean, what is really the goal? Is it just to get out there, get info, kind of change the leadership? Is it to just completely restructure the NRA? Like what, what exactly is, going on over there with you guys at uh, Save the Second? Man, that, that's a fantastic question. So early on, I guess it was around May of last year, May 2019, I started to, to try to 
pick people's brains on what could make the NRA better, right? Uh, and for those of you that don't know, I mean, the NRA could very much dissolve by this time next year. The New York State Attorney General has uh, a criminal complaint that threatens the nonprofit status of the NRA and the New York Attorney General is suing to dissolve the NRA. But beyond that, you have the D.C. Attorney General. You've got uh, the D New York State, uh, I'm sorry, New York Department. No, I'm sorry, New York Financial Services Department. I think I'm still getting that wrong, but it's uh, New York. Yeah. We were talking about the Department of Financial Services. Yes, the New York Department of Financial Services. Anyway, mm -hmm. uh, the I, I get what you say. Yeah, there, there are people coming after. There, there's oh uh, yeah, <laughs> so I mean, many. That, that, exactly. A lot of them from New York, and and the reason for that, um, it took took me researching it because I, I didn't understand what New York's problem was. So they have uh, special jurisdiction jurisdiction over the NRA because they were created as a nonprofit in the state of New York. If if I'm understanding that correctly, which on the money. If if anyone could have saw what, what would happen to New York in the future, maybe they wouldn't have chosen New York as the uh, the state to to create that nonprofit. Well, and the NRA was founded in 1871. 1871, it was a different place, right? <laughs> right. So, exactly. Uh, now it's funny you say that because that's been a matter of contention. There are several former directors apparently that had raised that issue years ago and then just been silenced. Yeah. I've, I've read those reports as well. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you know, I mean, there, there's, there's tons of problems with the NRA and we're seeing the fruits of that. We're seeing all of these state entities and now the IRS look into Wayne LaPierre, <laughs> sure. so state and federal entities. So where there's smoke, there's fire. The fire really started to come to light for us as members at the 2019 NRA annual meeting in Indianapolis. Just before the members meeting, the then president of the NRA, Oliver North, stepped down. But he didn't just step down. He didn't even show up. And he had the, the first vice president, Richard Childress, read his, you know, I'm abdicating the yes. presidency yep. of the NRA letter. Uh, so so that, that was, that was the, like the, the real cue that something is really wrong. Really, really, really wrong. So in May... You know, a month later, I, I had linked up with Rob Pincus. Uh, Pincus, uh, you know, obviously he's a, a renowned firearms instructor. Yeah, uh, but, I, I don't, I don't know anyone who doesn't know his name. You're right. Uh, good guy. And Rob had been at the members' meeting with me, or with us rather, as members, and we had debated several of the problems on the floor at the members' meeting. So I, I met him there for the first time, and I started picking his brain more later on. And we, we came up with five goals that that are just basic, absolutely fundamental goals that the NRA should have in order to make itself better. The very first was to have directors actually show up at the board meetings because the 76 directors don't have any or they didn't rather. They didn't have any uh, attendance policy. That's the one goal that we were able to change. So now directors have to have. Uh, they have to show up to the meetings. <laughs> that's a good start. Let's, yeah. let's, let's get that there. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so we wanted that. that. That's a big deal. And Adam Kraut was pushing for that, you know, when he was running uh, for the board of directors. And so I'm, I'm really happy that we were able to at least get that done. And now that didn't get done in the way that we were really hoping for. We were really hoping that they would put that in the bylaws. Instead, they mm -hmm. put that in the director uh, policy manual. But still, 
it's a win, right? It's yeah, it's it's there. Uh, they they have to follow it in in some regard. Yeah. So beyond that, we wanted uh, we wanted term limits for the board of directors. Term limits, you know, obviously are very important. And there's several directors that are older. I'm sorry. There's several directors on the NRA board of directors that have served longer on the NRA board of directors than I have been alive and you have been alive (laughs) together. Yeah, (laughs) I don't doubt that. Right. And, (laughs) you know, that's not to say that that people who are old or have been working for a while are uh, not valuable. Uh, That's to say that they can be used elsewhere. You don't have to be a director all your life, right? You actually do. You could get into the NRA executives or you could go and do grassroots or whatever. Yeah. But, you know, just having basic term limits was for the NRA board of directors. And by the way, the directors control the direction of the NRA. So they can remove Wayne LaPierre. They can, you know, hire, uh, oh my God, Pac McAmira. They can get (laughs) Mac. You know, as the president of the NRA, if they wanted to. So the, right. the NRA board of directors is crucial in reforming the NRA. And that's why a lot of our goals were associated with that. Mm-hmm. And we also wanted a smaller board of directors at 76. Board yeah, of directors. It's, it's, yeah, it's really big. Dude, I mean, try to name 10. I yeah, mean, no, it, I, I, I couldn't. It's, it's, <laughs> it's ridiculously difficult. And many of those, you know, directors are absolutely obscure. At, yeah, no, I mean, I, I used to know one, right? And yeah. he, he left. So, yeah, no, no, don't get me wrong. There's several <laughs> directors that are amazing. Uh, and I, I just got to call his name because I love him and I love his products. Dwayne Liptick from Magpul. Sure. Holy yeah. crap. Well, there's another one, Ronnie Barrett. I mean, those two guys, you know, obviously do more for the firearms industry than the vast majority of the directors on the mm-hmm. internet board. So, I mean, there, there's good guys there, but we need to weed out the guys that don't do anything. We need, right. we need the NRA board of directors to be strong, effective, efficient. Right. And timely. I mean, it's it's been inefficient and effective for as long as I've been interested in, in really what's going on with our rights as, as far as guns go. Right. So um, I, I've never been happy with the NRA since I've I've gotten into this. And I used to be, uh, you know, the new gun owner who carried in a nylon Uncle Mike's and I didn't know any better. And I still uh, disagreed with a lot of things they, they had going on. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, the last two is interesting that you say that the last two goals that we have are member engagement, getting NRA members yeah. actually engaged in the NRA, not just <laughs> simply paying dues. Sure. Yep. And then finally, having the NRA have an exclusive Second Amendment focus. You know, you, you don't have to talk about abortion. You don't have to talk about building a <laughs> wall. I mean, let's, right, let's, right. let's focus on the right of the people to keep and bear arms not being infringed. How about sure. that? Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, it definitely seems like, I mean, from what I've seen from the NRA, I mean, it's whatever the right agrees with, the NRA's going to say something about it as well um, when really they, they have one job. Um, and, you know, I, in, in my opinion, no, no, I, I, you're, you're right on that. At least that's, that's the way that, that it had been for, for years. I think that's changing now, especially with the separation of what used to be the, the NRA's controlling umbrella, which was its advertising agency, mm-hmm. Ackerman McQueen. Ackerman McQueen sure. pulled a lot of strings and had the NRA doing what it, it wanted to do. And so now mm-hmm. that they're finally separated, I think I think you'll see that the NRA, at least now, is some somewhat reforming because you know that that massive breakup that occurred between Ackerman McQueen and, and the NRA. Sure. So so even with with all the turmoil that caused and and uh you know the the New York AG getting involved and now the IRS, I mean, we're still 
still making progress um, in what a lot of people want to see changed. I, I think so. I mean, the, the the changes that have occurred over the past year have not been the changes that any of us really wanted, but they haven't all been bad. And I'll give you another example. The current director of the Institute for Legislative Action, ILA, NRA, ILA, uh, his name is Jason Wiemey. Uh, I'm probably murdering his last name. In fact, I told him that at the, the winter board meeting, I'm like, buddy, I'm, I'm just, I'm not good at your last name. I'm so sorry. Uh, but I, you know, I, I have a lot of respect for him. Uh, in recent news, the whole Q honey badger oh, uh, yeah, thing. Yeah. So, so, <laughs> it's, it's funny. I should talk to you today when that came out. Right. Came right. Out yesterday. Right. Like, yeah. And, uh, I was surprised. So Jason, we from the Institute of Legislative Action in ILA, he actually made a post and said, yeah, this is not good. This is unconstitutional. And, and he's <laughs> agreeing with <laughs> coming out like, uh, not weeks and weeks and weeks later when every other, uh, organization has come out and said it's wrong and the NRA finally gets approval from whoever it needs to get approval from to, to right. make a statement. Well, and not only that, but I mean, remember bump stocks, right? So the NRA actually oh, said, yeah. you know, they didn't like bump stocks and they think the NRA, the ATF should go and redefine what the bump stock is. And, and now you can't own a bump stock because sure. it's technically yeah. a machine gun. So you, you think, you think, I don't know, maybe the NRA would ask its, its members, uh, what, it thinks of bump stocks before it goes and makes <laughs> makes a decision like that. Thank you. <laughs> I'd like to thank you. Uh, just listen to us, NRA. Yeah. So I, I think Institute for Legislative Action, NRA ILA is doing good work. I think the main, the big NRA is crumbling. I mean, they're they're the, the ship is sinking. And so far there haven't been many rats that bailed, but that's gonna mm. that's gonna happen. And I guarantee yeah. you there's gonna I, be at least one or two more uh criminal investigations and indictments into the NRA before this year's oh, okay. over with. Okay. Uh, sure. Um, you know, I mean, that's usually how it happens, right? I mean, everyone kind of holds on until uh, it's, it's every man for themselves and everyone jumps ship at one time and tries to cut a deal. Right. I mean, we've seen it with, with private companies and I'm sure the NRA will be the same if they, if there's any truth to anything that's going on, which, you know, I don't, I can't say whether there is or not. I don't know enough, but uh, from a lot of the evidence that's put forth so far and some of the reports that are out, uh, definitely, definitely is. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, man. Uh, I mean, we, we at least know about the suits and the, uh, the, uh, I don't know what, what to call the, the woman he was paying an apartment for. Uh, intern. <laughs> yeah. The intern. There intern. we go. That's what, we're, that's what we called her. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh. So, so, okay. So that's, um, so what is, what's kind of the status of your guys' mission? I mean, how far have you come? What have you been able to get accomplished? Um, what do you, what do you need to, to, to get ahead more? And before you jump in, I meant to say this earlier. Um, do you, do you believe that it's hard to get members to do anything because every other day they're getting something from the NRA screaming that they're going to lose their rights if they don't pay them another $20? Yeah. Let me answer that right now. Yes. <laughs> yes. The amount of junk mail that the NRA sends is, astounding i mean and that costs money too man like that's that's some dues right there too that could go to better use than mailing out a bunch of crap well okay so consider what the nra's target demographic is currently okay so they're they're sending out the the older folks yeah exactly i mean it's it's people over the age of 60 that that you know just believe hook line and sinker everything that the nra pushes out and because of that you have this uh willful neglect of looking at any of the facts. So I, I've spoken with several members recently who just 
could not believe that Wayne LaPierre was capable of some of the crimes that he is currently, uh, you know, alleged to have committed. Sure. Uh, which is basically criminal embezzlement, embezzlement of funds and violating all sorts of tax laws and all this good stuff. So, right. Uh, $63 million, by the way, according to the New York State Attorney General, $63 million over the, over the past three years. $63 oh. million over the past three years. <laughs> and how long has he been seated in that position? Uh, Wayne LaPierre has been there since Storm and Norman Schwarzkopf built coalition <laughs> forces into Kuwait. Uh, so, so, it's, so it's probably a little bit more than the $63 million. Yeah, we're at 29 years and eight months, I believe. So, sure. yeah, yeah. And <laughs> I, I think, uh, yeah. Wayne LaPierre has definitely built an empire, and he has the propaganda behind him to now have followers who do not question. They simply believe that any attack on Wayne LaPierre is an attack on the Second Amendment, and then that yeah. has to be some sort of leftist conspiracy or something like that. Sure, yeah. Yep, because so, for us, the left's behind everything. For them, the rush is behind everything, right? It's, right. It, it plays both ways. Yeah, and there's there's been... I'm, I'm probably guessing around... Six million members that have left the NRA or not renewed, you know, mm-hmm. not quote. Oh, there's yeah, there's a lot of that. I mean, especially yeah. that you know, guys our age, younger, you know, younger people who see this turmoil and why back, uh, you know, for those who aren't stuck in that belief that you know, we Lapierre can do no wrong. Um, why give your money to him? You know, but yeah. I guess, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's it's a obviously still the biggest organization. I think. Um, and that's why you guys are doing what you're doing, uh, trying to trying to kind of correct the right the ship. Right. And that, that is a big problem, too, because of the 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 amount of gun owners in the United States. I mean, there's estimated 150 million gun owners, and I believe that's probably gone up at least five to 10 million since, you know, coronavirus hit. Right. So, <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's there's I mean, think about that. One hundred and fifty million gun owners and currently on the books, only 5 million NRA members. And that's the largest gun rights advocacy group in sure. the nation that there's something wrong with that. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I see, you know, I see a lot of people, um, the, the ones who fight, uh, you know, joining the NRA or paying dues or whatever, which, you know, I'm, I'm very much do what you want. Just have all the facts. I mean, they're, they're back in their typically back in their smaller local guys and stuff like that. But some of them are so, so ineffective. It, it, you know, they don't have the power to do anything even at a local level. Right. Um, that it's just like, I, I, I get what they're doing. They have a good cause, but it's not their full-time job. Most of them are dedicated to it. Um, you know, it's, it's hard for those guys to get any traction anywhere, even, even locally. I mean, look what you were there in Colorado when, when all that stuff happened, right? Like, I mean, we got everyone, <laughs> gun owners got steamrolled and we, they still are. I mean, I moved out now, but you're there and you still can't uh, go buy a, a magazine. That's not a parks kit. You know, I'm glad you said that, too. And I mean, as bad as this whole coronavirus, you know, ridiculousness has been because so many people went out and bought firearms, uh, especially those that probably never before considered owning a firearm because of that fact. I think that's why we haven't seen any any more anti-gun legislation in the state of Colorado in 2020. I fully, oh, sure. uh, you know, an assault weapons ban bill to pass and something of that nature in the state of Colorado. So, you know, times are a changing, man. It's, it's interesting. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's really interesting that, you know, not to, I don't, I don't want to get too political or anything, but uh, it, it's going to be interesting to play out with how many new gun owners we have, um, how the, the elections turn out, obviously polls say one thing, but we know every, every time that the polls aren't 
they're not correct. But to go, I mean, to go as hard after guns as, you know, someone like Kamala Harris and, and Joe Biden have gone uh, with all these new gun owners who who found out uh, <laughs> the government, big daddy government's not here to save them. Uh, just how well that's going to play out for him. Yeah. Oh, buddy. Uh, and of course, we're recording this on the eve of the vice president debate. Right. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm really <laughs> curious. I, I, I try to stay out of pol- or I, I, unfortunately, I have to be in politics a little bit, you know, <laughs> right. but sure. I, I try to stay away from it as much as possible and always try to look objectively at both sides. And even though I'm pretty sure that, you know, there's there's tons of liars in every corner of politics. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm curious how the, the vice president debate goes and how this election goes and what 2021 is going to look like. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's, you know, every I don't know, every election since I could vote has been the biggest election of our lives. So <laughs> um, with your mission for what you guys are trying to do, um, what's you know, what how how far have you come? What what have you gotten done? Um, you know, how, how what's the status of your mission? Give us a give us a sit rep. Oh, man, uh, it's tough times. We were able to accomplish the the director attendance, which was awesome. The problem is that we have so much opposition from the LaPierre loyalist in the board of directors that it's going to be very difficult for us to actually see a lot of our our goals passed. Uh, unfortunately, I think uh, a lot of these entities like the New York Attorney General and the IRS are probably going to make more changes than what the members ever could in the NRA. Now, that's not to say that we're not trying. In fact, we have an excellent opportunity, perhaps one of our last shots before the stuff really hits the fan, and that's on October 24th in Tucson, Arizona. Each year, the NRA has to have a meeting of the members per the NRA bylaws, and so far, this year's meeting of the members has been canceled and rescheduled uh, at least twice now, maybe three times, but now the date is solid. October okay. 24th in Tucson. And we'll also be electing the 76th director during that time period as well. But the meeting of the members is a chance for members to, to essentially stand up and be heard. Uh, sure. Now, in years past, in 1977, there was a revolt in the NRA. You should go check that out. That, there's a lot of history there. I did not know that. In 1977, there was a big revolt in the NRA, and that happened at the meeting of the members in Cincinnati, 1977. Uh, at the time, there was a, a similar old guard and a new guard war going on. The old guard that had control uh, did not want the NRA to be a lobbying entity whatsoever, and they just wanted to to focus on shooting and reloading and stuff like that so So kind of your your training aspects getting into the schools like they used to do and and that the firearm safety uh what i guess the nra was originally intended for right right so the revolt happened and by the way the the revolt uh was quasi led by a guy named neil knox and let me tell you i i've got nothing but respect for the late mr knox uh his sons are awesome they're doing good work right now too uh jeff and chris knox okay but I, I digress. Neil Knox led that that revolution, uh, that revolt in Cincinnati. And as a result, they kicked out everybody. They put in a guy named Harlan Carter as the the executive vice president uh, of the NRA. And that changed the NRA forever. And there's been quasi revolts ever since. And essentially, as time goes on, it's like every 10 years or so. Uh, there's this this new aspect that comes in and tries to take over power. 
and everybody that has power tries to shut the door behind them so that you know they're uh, impervious. And Wayne Lapierre has been able to shut the door behind him hard, yeah, for, uh, hard, quite hard, a few hard. decades now. Exactly. So the meeting of the members, while uh, if if the bylaws had stayed the same since 1977, we'd be able to go and wreck shop. On the other hand, we're able to submit resolutions uh, to the board of directors, and if it passes then we might be able to get Wayne LaPierre out. We might be able to get term limits. We might be able to do several other things that are very good for the NRA. But unfortunately, the cards are stacked, uh, the, the deck is stacked against us because Wayne LaPierre knows this and he's going to probably electioneer, which by the way, we found out from two eyewitnesses that they spent probably $5 million making sure that they had the directors elected that they wanted. Uh, Interesting. And, uh-huh. So, <laughs> so we know, we know that we're going to Tucson to combat that. And we have to have members who understand what's going on and will submit resolutions and will speak their mind and will silence the morons that tried to tow a party line to the loyalty of Wayne LaPierre. Good. Good. Hopefully we can uh, get that done. I mean, do you have, do you expect a lot of people there who are, who are ready to oust him or? You know, I, I did uh, when we originally had it scheduled for Nashville. The NRA annual meeting was scheduled for Nashville in April. That got canceled. Right. Yeah. And at that time period, there was several hundred people that I knew that were going to be attending. So and because of the, the cancellations and reschedulings. And by the way, the NRA tried. They tried really hard to have the biggest scheduling conflict ever for the Second Amendment rights. Uh, the. 2A rally for your rights started last year, and they they had a rally scheduled for October 24th at the Capitol in Washington D.C. They've been scheduling that for over a year, mm-hmm. and had a lot of big name Second Amendment supporters that were supposed to go to that. And so the NRA, what were they do? Like, oh, they're going to be in D.C. Why don't we do it? In <laughs> so they they try to make this big scheduling uh, kerfuffle, and thankfully. For at least for me, uh, the two A rally for your rights was canceled because of COVID stuff sure. as well. And they're, they're doing a live uh, broadcast on the twenty fourth, which okay. is going to be cool because uh, when we're you know at the members meeting and you know it goes into executive session or something like that, you know and we have to twiddle our thumbs. Yeah. You can probably watch the live feed of the two A rally. Okay, at least but, you won't be too bored. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and the fact that more people will be able to be there is awesome. Still, I'm not sure what our numbers are going to look like. I'm going to pray that we get as many people that want to see the NRA changed as possible. Mm. Of course, you have to be an NRA member to attend. So in the, in the words of Joe Biden, uh, COVID has, has taken 2020 and all, all the years, the whole year, COVID. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but basically, COVID, we, you may have had a lot more people there in support of it if, if this uh, you know, whole COVID thing didn't happen. Yeah, I'm, I'm really curious to see who shows up. More, more curious, the directors that show up. Uh, so in May of last year, uh, Colonel West, uh, Colonel West is a board of director and he's been in politics for a little while, but uh, he said that the NRA was the National Retribution Association because he was, <laughs> he was he was receiving a lot of retribution for having spoken out against Wayne Lafayette. In fact, they removed him from all of his committees. Yes, that he was on. And, yeah, there was a lot of that going on uh, last year. A lot of removal from committees and, and yeah, Dwayne Lipton. 
Yeah, Mr. Magpole. Magpole actual got removed from all of his committees. Mm-hmm. And he was on some of the most he was on the training and education committee. And yeah, I mean I'm off of of all of the people to have, you know, chair that committee, that's the dang guy that I want. <laughs> and they removed him. Yeah. So yeah, now now Dwayne Dwayne's a great guy. He's been uh he's been at all of the board meetings that I've been to. Uh so I'm I'm hoping, of course, to see him. I'm hoping to see if if he shows up, Oliver North, while he's not the president anymore, he's still a director. So I'm curious if he shows up. Yeah, that that's going to be an interesting time. Well, hopefully we, you know, some some influential people who have some poll show up there. Yeah, buddy. So, OK. Um, so with all that, um, I don't want to take too much of your time. Let's dive into the rest of this fairly quickly. Um, what happens, right? What do you, what happens if, if New York gets their way? Um, I mean, New York, the AG wants to shut them down, right? I mean, just wants to shut them down, right? Um, what do you think the possibility of that is that could happen? Um, or, I mean, if, if Wayne LaPierre is removed or the NRA is found at fault of, you know, violating nonprofits, I mean, what really happens from there? Well, how how does it, how does it get restructured? What, what happens to the NRA? What happens to the members? Oh, man, that's that's a great question. And there's so many hypotheticals. Uh, Does the New York stand a chance of truly dissolving? Yes. Currently, the only basis for the legal representation for the NRA, the only basis for which that they're claiming it won't happen is the fact that the New York State Attorney General is anti-gun and has political motivations. So they're, they're not even arguing whether or not the charges are false. They're saying, oh, well, that's just, you know, anti-gun establishment. And wow. well, they're, they're not going to go and, you know, prosecute uh, uh, Planned Parenthood or something like that. Sure. I mean, they're, they're trying to, to segue <laughs> it off to a, to a political debate. Wow. They're, they're not even looking at the charges. So honestly, I think if I'm, if I'm betting, I'd say that there's probably a 75% chance or better that the NRA goes away. Uh, I, yeah, one or just completely, yeah, completely away. That's incredible. Okay. So what, I mean, what happens, uh, it, it stays around. I mean, is it restructured? Is it, does it, does it have a lot of it? Does it, does the nonprofit go away? I mean, what, what really happens? So if the trial, you know, goes the way of the NRA and they don't, uh, get dissolution of the NRA, the New York state attorney general can still remove the tech, the non-tax exemption or the tax exemption status sure. uh, for the nonprofit. So if that happens, well, then the NRA becomes impotent and they can't do half of the things that they needed to, because now they're for profit. Right, right. And as a for profit entity, well, y- yeah, you, you lose a lot of your, sure. your steam. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, now there is the, the curveball thing that, that says the, the board of directors is able to kick out all of the, the persons who did wrong and the NRA says, Hey, you know what? These guys, you know, made these mistakes and we're trying to fix things and uh, you know, basically begging for mercy and Mm -hmm. the New York attorney general could, you know, essentially give them mercy. If that's the case, if they're actually trying to do it, if if she's pressured by somebody else to give them, give them a (laughs) leniency, right? Cause she, right now she doesn't look, she doesn't seem like she's giving leniency at all from, from the articles I've recently read. No, it doesn't look so to me either. Uh, and, oh, and by the way, Letitia James, that's that's the name of the New York State mm-hmm. Attorney General. She actually campaigned on the platform of I will take down the NRA. Yes. So, I mean, th- there is obviously political motivations <laughs> of there. Course. And, and I don't think that somebody who said that or campaigned 
that saying that they were going to take down the NRA is going to be lenient. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, to, you know, to, to her, uh, to say something good about her, I guess, uh, to her benefit, uh, at least she's doing what she said she's going to do during her campaign. I wish uh, we had a very high political office. Uh, somebody who we voted in not too long ago um, would have been nice if they did that. Yeah, so something right. about that Hearing Protection Act and uh, rest of, you know uh, federal reciprocity and and those sorts of things. But you know, I digress. Uh, so right. Well, great. Um, you know, hearing about you know save the second. I mean, I try to keep up with it as much as I can. There's so many things going on and uh, and to be honest, I get a lot of my Facebook's, you know, uh, or news from Facebook. And unfortunately I don't see you guys on there as much as, uh, I think I, I, I'd like to. Yeah. You know, I it's would to keep it up with social media, man. It is. But also on our end, like it's, we're, we're at the, the mercy of what the NRA and the board of directors are doing. Sure. And, and so more often than not, we're just reporting what's going on right. versus, you know, being able to motivate the the members to, to show up X, Y, Z place right, and all right. that good stuff. So well, I mean, and, and, is better. and from what I've seen too, I mean, it, it, a lot of this stuff seems fairly short notice. Yeah, it really is. Well, especially with the, you know, the members meeting in Tucson now, I mean, we had less than uh, a month and a half notice, you know, for it. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah everyone change all your schedules, get your flights and, and get out to Tucson with, with all of the, the uh, airlines being hampered and, can't fill up this, the planes anymore and all that good stuff. I mean, you know that cause you're, you're in aviation. Uh, yeah, absolutely. But I will say that I was able to book a screaming deal on a hotel. All right. Well, that's, that's awesome for the, for the save the second stuff. Do you have anything uh, else in, in relation to that? Uh, you know, I, I, I could probably talk your off on that all day long. I, man. I, I wouldn't mind. Uh, well, I, I would because I like <laughs> shooting. Okay. And I want to talk about shooting. All Great. All right. So let's get to the, to the nitty gritty then. I mean, coming from someone who uh, is out there trying to, trying to save the second amendment all, all by himself volunteering out there. Uh, I'm not all by myself, by the way. <laughs> no, I know. Yeah. I, know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know you got help. Um, but uh, let's, um, let's get into um, some of the, some of these training questions uh, I have for you. So um, let's just start pretty, uh, pretty generic. What, what is a typical day out on the range, uh, for Ron Carter look like now? I will say, obviously we're friends on Facebook. I've known you a little bit now. Um, I think we're both pretty big fans of, of dot torture. Yes, 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 yes. So, uh, well, I spent the vast majority of the spring and early summer just basically shooting dot torture. I know, you got, you got me back to shooting it again. Oh man. Uh, so yeah, there there were several drills that I started out this year wanting to really get good at, uh, and Dot Torch became one of them, especially because in April, I decided to transition from irons to a dot mm-hmm. on my hand. So now I'm, I'm, you know, dot is life and, and all of that. So. Is, that is that on the, is that on the, uh, didn't I sell you a Gen 5? Yeah, you did. You did. Is that, uh, is that on your Gen 5 or that you saw that old Gen 3 with the cracked frame? Oh, uh, well, it's a Gen 4 with a cracked frame. Oh, I and thought it was yeah. the Gen 3. No, it was really? a Gen 4. Uh, yeah, I don't have got, that issue in mind yet. Yeah, and, and it's still running, and it's it's running pretty good. Nice. Uh, but yeah, I, I transitioned to the, the RMR. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, of course, you know, with rifles, I'm very used to to dots on rifles. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's not that crazy of a transition. On the other hand, the the dot has a lot 
less forgiving uh, on, on <laughs> yes. your presentation. If you don't get sure. that presentation just right, then you're going to be fishing for the dot. Trying yeah, to find you, the you, dot. Know, you know, if, if you're off with your sites, right, it's, it's almost natural to bring them back and kind of adjust. But when you lose that dot, it's, it's like you don't know if you're pointed left, up, right, down. Yep, absolutely. So, yeah, I started off uh, in the, this year, you know, just, man, shooting a lot of dot torture, man. I must have shot that dot torture at least 100 times. Uh, and I, I got really good at it. I got so good uh, to the point where, or at least in, in my perspective, I got good to the point. I'm not, I'm not the best shooter on earth, but uh, I was able to ace it at five yards out. And so, okay. yeah, five yards out, acing, it, especially on the, the offhand shooting, you know, Left hand oh, only. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Holy smokes, man. There were so many times that I would be so close to getting a perfect score and one goes out and then I'm like, oh my God. You know, just, yeah, that, that's why they call it torture. You, you right? feel really good. Uh, that's usually where it starts to fall apart for me. Um, I'll, yep. I'll feel really good. Uh, obviously with your your first initial, just, you know, your, your normal two-handed, no draw, no, none of that. And then you kind of progress and you get to that left hand. And it's, it's just, it's just confidence shaking when you literally see your hand shaking, especially with yeah. that dot, because you can really notice how much that thing shakes and you've got this tiny little circle. Um, and it's just, it's disheartening for yep. sure. It gets, it gets to you. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and so on that vein, I was comfortable at, at acing the, the dot torture at five yards out. I say comfortable, like I could do it. Not, not, you know, all the time, but I could do it. And repeatedly on occasion but i decided that i would then raise the bar and i started shooting the nra b8 target okay you're doing the 25 yards that's right 25 yards away and so that's that's been my latest torture i'm torturing myself because i want to try to score 100 with my gen 4 glock 19 and rmr okay uh, so a lot of the guys that that shoot the B8. By the way, there's a, a Facebook group called the B8 Development Group. Uh, it's a very interesting group if you uh, if you're into to shooting, especially handguns, of course. Uh, but there's all sorts of guys that that are getting really close to 100. I mean, they're hitting 99, 98. And by the way, of course, you can only shoot 100 percent, 100 right. points in sure. the B8. Yep. My best so far has been 96, and oh, I can't. Okay. That's good. I can't get above 96 and so it's that's the torture for me so now i'm you know the typical day at the range is i go and i'll shoot you know a b8 cold and then i'll do some other you know work whether it's a dot torture or if it's uh, some sort of you know transition you know target some uh, some of the stuff that edgar mills uh, you know from yeah. osprey shooting solutions yeah, uh, oh my gosh his, his website and targets are nice. I like that. Yes. Yeah, no, I, I got I, my range book is full up with uh, the drills he's got, too. So. Yeah, so I'll, I'll implement some of those and then I'll try to hit the B8 again at the end of that. And it's funny, too, because uh, the, there's different skills, right? So if if my, you know, draw to first shot, you know, kind of like that Tuller drill, uh, if that's something I practice and I get really good at and I'm getting, you know, right around that second you know, from beep to, you know, accurate shot. Sure. Well, then I'll, I'll push it out and I'll work on that. And then I go back to the B8 and it falls apart <laughs> because then I'm thinking just, you know, slap the hell out of the trigger and, mm-hmm. and not, not slow, steady pressure on the trigger, you know? Oh, so yeah. I, I mean, shooting it, uh, shooting it, you know, for, for score like that at, at 25 is much different than, than uh, drawing it at close range uh, and, and shooting. Right. And that's, uh, it's, it's two totally different, 
totally different things when you're you're thinking okay you know the last year right everyone makes fun of instagram or uh, instagram gunners uh you know yeah but last year everyone wanted the sub second uh appendix carry draw right uh you know in the a zone under a second that was that was a cool thing to do um now uh or you know if you're one of the certain instagrammers it's just ring steel to make it sound like you hit it uh, now yeah. everyone wants to do this B8, the 25 yards. I mean, I think it's great that there's, you know, a mass of people who go out and do these different things. But, you know, if you were to, you know, maybe the guy who's doing that uh, one second last year probably picked up that, that B8 just sucked. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. And the other side of the coin is to integrity. So I, I get a little uh, curious if guys are actually telling the truth a lot of times and, sure. you know, did you really shoot a hundred percent on your cold range? <laughs> you know your... how hard it is, right? Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, just stepping on the range, just coming right out of it and shooting a hundred. I mean, come on. Yeah. So, so I, nine times out of 10, I, I have a lot more respect for the guys that will post a, a target that sucks. And they're like, Oh guys, I've got a lot of work to do. And I'm like, yes, thank God. Someone with integrity, <laughs> man. That's awesome. Own it. Own every right. miss. Yeah. Own it. Yeah. Yep. No, yeah, I I completely agree. I mean, hell, if you saw um, my last B8 target, or not B8, uh, dot torture target I did before, uh, it, I mean, it really hurt my feelings. It was it was really, really bad. But, uh, you know, you, you're only affecting yourself. Uh, you know what I mean? You're only lying to yourself. You're not, you're not improving. You, I, can, I can sit here and, and draw all day without putting a timer on and feel like I'm fast, right? But I'm not being yeah. honest with myself. I put the timer on and, and I, I suck. But, but you're right. Um, I, I definitely have a lot more, the guys who are just out there showing all their hits, only hits, um, you know, their 99, hundred BA targets. Like I know you're not doing that every time. I don't care how good you are. It just doesn't, it's not how it works. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's, that's another side of the coin for a lot of shooters. You know, they get discouraged because they'll, they'll see some of these scores and like, Oh my God, I'll never be able to do that. Right. And what they fail to realize is the guy that actually shot that and he shot it clean and he's, you know, did it legitimately he probably failed a thousand times mm-hmm. before oh sure <laughs> absolutely absolutely no yeah, I mean, literally no one comes out of the womb and, and can do these things like perfectly right i mean it I, I you know actually it's it's funny because i think i was a better shooter when i was brand new to a certain extent um like I, i'm talking about private weed in basic training no idea what i'm doing they gave me one task you need to put this dime on the end of this cleaning rod that's shoved down your barrel and you just need to pull the trigger well. Right. And then I, 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 you go and you do your target qual. I mean, and I scored uh, like a 38 out of 40, I think it was my first qual ever. Right. First one ever, but it's because I had, I just had one task. Right. So I felt really good. And then I swear, like, as I progressed through the army, I had like this huge downward dip where I had all these things that I had been taught. um, And, you know, you're doing things like, uh, breaching or, or, you know, um, room clearing, you know, that sort of stuff. And you're, you're not as worried about hitting your 300 yard targets. You're not, you know, you're not, you're not worried about that stuff. So you do pick up the bad habits like, uh, slapping triggers and stuff. So when you go back to, uh, something where it's, it's judged on points, uh, rather than just hitting a man sized target, something like a qual, um, you kind of have this dip and you're like, oh man, like I've, I've forgotten a lot of those fundamentals. So 
not necessarily that I, I actually was a better shooter when I was brand new, but it, it almost feels that way. You hit a point where you're like, man, I've got so much stuff going on. You just kind of forget uh, some of those fundamentals to do like with that B8, that's that slow, not slapping the trigger, um, you know, getting the, getting your good resets, making sure your sight picture is just perfect right at 25. I mean, you need to be dead on. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and you're right. We, we do develop so many bad habits. Uh, you, you know, I've, I got to say it, man. I, I hit a 38 out of 40 on my first time in basic two. Right. You, but you're given one task. Like it's almost yeah. too easy, but yeah. then I, I get to my unit and they're like throwing you in all this stuff. And the next time I went, I, I was like, wow, well, uh, I got a, like a 29, <laughs> right? Like what happened? And well, and then that was also back when the army, uh, you know, no one knew how to zero ACOGs or even 68s properly. Um, like everyone was like, yeah, you just pair it with your irons. It's got to sit on top of it. And, you know, oh, you zero your ACOG at 25, it, it, whatever, you know, yeah. it, but it was, it is what it is. But there is that, that point where like you, as a new shooter, you're like, okay, I got these fundamentals. You're really good at it. Um, and I think it's good to go back to things like the B8 that really test you on those fundamentals out, out to distance. Right. I mean, that, I mean that's going to show it. Everybody wants to be a, you know, a ninja gunfighter, right? And yeah. you know, be Mr. John Dude, Wick on the range. And, I would and, love to just flip around and shoot shit all day. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, come on. I mean, uh, I mean, Hollywood was made for me, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, I mean, everybody wants to do that. But, you know, the, the irony is the only thing that's really advanced is the speed of the fundamentals. Mm-hmm. Fundamentals are yep. fundamentals and they yeah. don't change. But the speed is what has to change. Right. And the automaticity to get everything perfect in, in yeah. you know, your presentation, your, you know, side alignment, side picture and trigger press. I mean, it, it, that's the fundamentals that has to occur. Shooting is shooting. Absolutely. Of, uh, the, the area. Yeah. And that's why I love, uh, you know, uh, Pat McNamara so much as he, he says that a lot, you know, um, you know, the, obviously I've read taps and all that sort of stuff, but um, you know, th- there's nothing, there's nothing more fundamental about shooting than the fundamentals. I mean, it's just, you're just doing other things, but you always have to have those always no matter what you're doing. Yeah, man. If I, if I teach any, any firearms training for the rest of my life, if I could teach any firearms training for the rest of my life, it would be simply fundamentals. Yeah. Well, cause if you can, if you can get them straight in that, then someone else can teach them whatever. And you've solidified the, what they truly need. Now, and it's not only that, I, I got to tell you, that's half self-serving because that's what I want to continually drill into my head mm-hmm. is the fundamentals, 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 fundamentals. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So, um, so we're, you're real big with dot torture. We know B eights. Um, you got some of those Osprey drills that you're doing. Um, let's talk about, do you, do you focus on different training when you're going to competition? Like I know you say you do uh, IDPA. So it, you know, you got a match coming up. Uh, are you working more from concealment? Are you a fisherman vest where, <laughs> like oh, the God, rest no. of them at the IDPA. Matches. No, 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 no. And I, and by the way, I am very happy to report that in my local club, there's so few shoot me first vests, <laughs> you know, that, that I'm, I'm proud of them. I am legitimately proud that they're, they're actually having shirts and whatnot over their concealment. Yeah. Nice. I, I, pra- I practice that now with IDPA, uh, you know, the current standard, the current rules is that the handgun has to be on the strong side hip. It can't be appendix. Oh, so, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah, so that that's a problem, right? Like I, yeah. I carry appendix, and so like, when I'm like most, uh, well, at least most younger guys that I know, I mean, you know, people like my dad who carries just refuses to do it. Sure, sure, and I, and I 
Hey, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that that strong side hip is bad. In mm. fact, occasionally I'll carry it, especially if I'm you know, doing something you know specific. But anyway, if you need uh, mobility, it's it's much better. Right, right, exactly. You know, I mean, if I've got a freaking plate carrier or a battle belt going on, you know, I mean, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah, strong side hip is great. You know, so yeah, with IDPA, I've got to practice that, but also I have to practice very uncomfortable shooting positions because that's really what IDPA puts you into is having sure. to shoot around a barrier in a very awkward angle and stance and whatnot. And it's not comfortable and nobody likes it. But if you're good, you're going to practice that sort of thing so that when you get on, you know, your course of fire, you're going to perform very well. So yeah, those awkward shooting positions. And and usually I do that dry fire, dry fire practice at home. Sure. Uh, I've got some IDPA targets and I'll set up, you know, a, kind of a faux barrier in my, my man cave. And oh, okay. I'll, I'll try to, you know, make weird angles. And are you, are you like, like me where you, you tape uh, targets to your, to your, uh, sh- your drywall? Oh, absolutely. And, and I'll, I'll take it a step further because like, I want to try to get that, that distance, you mm-hmm. know, I mean, obviously my, my basement, I can't go, you know, 50 yards. Right. Right. So, so I'll print off really tiny IDPA targets. <laughs> I, do, I do this. Yeah. I have uh, you know, like if, if it's a small room, instead of using a, you know, a full size IPSC target or something like that, I'll use a, you know, a third or whatever. Yeah. I'd, I'd do the same thing. I'll put a post-it note on the wall. I mean, you can, you can use as simple yeah. as post-it note to practice presentation or something like that. Yeah. And I'll, uh, I'll mix that in with uh, the Mantis X. Yeah. Uh, that's Man- something I really want to invest in with the, the uh, dry fire mag with the Mantis X is something I've been looking at. I just haven't. All right. So I have, I have both and I've got to tell you the dry fire mag as it clicks, sometimes it doesn't click hard enough for the manisex to register so take it with a grain of salt you won't always get the okay. feedback you know you'll click it and nothing maybe i'll wait for there. the second generation uh, well well you know it's funny you say that <laughs> because uh you try this generation because i'm still going off the first gen mantisex okay because so they i think dry fire i'm not sure how uh i was looking at but i'm not sure if, if the dry fire mag has it like the mantisex if it's because they sell it as like a pair now from dry dry fire mag i don't know if it's if it's different than what you got or or what? It, it probably is, uh, but yeah, Manus X man, it's it's awesome. The dry fire mag is awesome, and that's that's usually how I'll I'll train and dry fire practice going forward for the competitions. Yeah, nice. I I, I really want to invest in one of those, but uh, I, to be honest with you, I should have pulled the trigger on a dry fire mag quite a few years ago because uh, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but they were much cheaper a few years ago. They were, in fact, they were, they were cheaper at the NRA annual meeting last year. You could buy two for a hundred and now it's like one for a hundred. So, right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I think I remember it was like 45, 50 bucks or something for, for one of them uh, a few years back when I was looking, I should have done it and I, I didn't. Um, and now I, I dry fire practice more than, especially with COVID going on. Right. Like I've realized, yeah. uh, <laughs> dry fire cannot be, cannot be replaced. Yeah. When your nine mil is 50 cents around. Good God. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so um, with that, any other just drills that you uh, even just fun drills that you just you love to go out and shoot, make you feel good. Um, like me, I love I love doing I talked about it the my first episode. Uh, I love running a simple box drill, which some people call a box drill something else where you're walking in a box. But I'm talking about two different targets with, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, and then I, I love I don't know why, but I just love the El Presidente. Maybe it's because I look really goofy when I turn around and I draw. Like I just look like a moron, but um, I, I love the El Presidente and it's, it's old, but it, I think it's still a good measure. Um, and oh, I love, love running it. 
Yeah, yeah, El Prez, man. I, I'm right there with you. I love shooting that one. I'll, I'll shoot that occasionally. Uh, of course, I have to do that at the outdoor range versus the indoor range. But uh, the other one that I like to do, if, if you're able to do it at, a, at an outdoor range with a buddy, and this is probably my favorite one, a, a little competition. All right, yeah. Okay, so this, this is just silly goofing around, try to, try to induce stress. Uh, but if you'll field strip your handgun and put it on a table, and have your battle buddy do the same thing. The idea is that on a timer, you're going to run, race your buddy to a point, and then back to the table so you get your heart rate up. And then you'll reassemble your handgun and take one shot at a, at a B8 or something at 25 yards or better. Okay? So the idea is you have that induced stress. You're sucking wind because you don't want the dude on your left to beat you at a foot race. And then after you've like reassembled your gun and you finally press out, you really just want to yank that trigger and you don't want to take it. Yeah. Your- oh yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that's a, that's a fun one for discipline. That's, that's, I have, I've not done. What do you, what do you, what do you call that? Uh, you know, that was, that, yeah, I, I can't remember who, who actually taught me that drill. It was, uh, cause right now I'm just going to call it the Ronnie <laughs> and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to put it on the, I'm going to, I'm going to do up my little diagram. I'm going to put it up there. I'm going to call it the Ronnie and I'm going to put, put your name by Ron Carter. Um, (laughs) And then now when I go to the range, I'm going to do nothing but run the Ronnie. (laughs) Well, you have to make sure to run it against an opponent that's slower than you are. (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) I I did that with my good friend Cole. uh, And this was, this is probably back in March, March or April. And it was so funny because he had just smoked a cigarette. Right <laughs> <laughs> so, so he was sucking wind the entire way. And of course I get back and I, I, I beat him in the foot race and I get my gun, you know, assembled and all, and I press out knives. You know, I didn't have good trigger management. I, sure. I yanked the shot and then he comes hobbling back up to the table. Like, well, I guess you beat me. And I'm like, actually I didn't. <laughs> and, and so he, he looked at me and then he reassembled really fast. And then he <laughs> You know, and of course, it, yeah. it took like two minutes, but right. he nailed the shot. And sure. He- yeah, that's, uh, I know, I, I'm actually pretty interested to go out and, and do this because I know me, I know my limitations, uh, and that's definitely one of them. If I'm, if I'm moving fast um, and I'm running, I, I typically have the, you know, the tendency to jerk that trigger, especially if I'm not working yet. Once I get in the mindset and I can think about it, but we don't you know, when we're out and we need to use our skills uh, defensively or however you, you, you would need to use them, um, we don't have that luxury of doing it a couple of times to remember, hey, slow down, you slow down. Yeah. So that's that's definitely a good one to work. I like that a lot. So if you don't mind, I'm, I'm going to put that up there. Do it, man. Uh, you know, I think I first ran that with a, a buddy of mine named Ben Simpson. Uh, and, oh, yeah. Uh, so... Yeah, yeah. If anything, I guess credit should go to him. I'm not sure where he got it, or or I got. It. I think, and in fact, I think I modified it to you know strip the handgun. It's okay. I mean, yeah. there you know drills get get tossed around so much, but at least for my side, I'll you know I'll, I'll I'll put you guys on there. But I do want to get the info out to the to the people. Heck yeah, man, to the people. <laughs> and if you got an issue with it, just write in or something. I don't know. Complain. Zero issue, man. Actually, yeah. I. I I'd really be curious to see other people run it and see. Yeah, that. no, I like I I kind of want to see people post. Uh, Post each other running it, uh, competing against each other. All right, so um, dude, <laughs> I did not expect it to taste this long. I'm, I apologize, or uh, I thank you for sticking with me. Um, 
Thank you. Just, you're you're my first guest, so I you know, and we've known each other. We have good dynamic, I think. So we're just we're just going. Oh, okay. Um, but uh, okay. So something you like do not go to the range without. Something I do not go to the range without. Yeah. So like you're 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 like okay, I I could bring four guns, uh, but you you know like okay, I do not go without this thing. Oh. Is it a target? Is it your shot timer? Like, what's what's the most important thing to you when you go? Besides, obviously, your your gun and ammo. I mean, we all know we need that. Yeah, honestly, a t- timer. I mean, typically, I would say ammo because I always bring more ammo than what is going to be required because I want to shoot as much as I possibly can. Right. I want to tire myself out before I run out of ammo. Yeah, exactly. So, but no timer. I think a timer. I, you know, I used to be somewhat against it, and I still, I still <laughs> I was too. I still am to a degree. I mean, if you're focusing on like the B8, you know, I mean, don't, don't run it on the timer. Right. No, no, no. You know, get, get the fundamentals. But, you know, if, if you're trying to, to really push yourself and progress and whatnot, trying to have that feedback of how fast or slow you shot compared to the next repetition or the previous and so on, man, that's such an invaluable tool. So yeah, yeah absolutely. I, I, I mean, hell, I was against it just cause I'm, you know, I'm kind of a poor and uh, 130 bucks, man. It's like, I looked for different, I tried, I, I, I bought other, other devices that claim to do what a standalone shot timer does and they've never worked properly. And, uh, but it, it definitely some of the best investment I, I made in myself for sure. Oh, and by the way, a quick tip for you. I, uh, I beat my shot timer all to heck. Uh, and you know, I, I'd written my name and number on it. So if I lost it, you know, it'd get back to me. Sure. And that, that rubbed off like five times. So finally, I, finally I stippled. Oh, nice. I, I still have my, I sell my iron from when I would stipple guns. So yeah, yeah, that's, that's not a bad idea. Stipple, do you, do you use the, the pack three or do you use the, uh, pro two pocket pro two? Yeah. The pocket pro. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't matter. I mean, they're both, both really good, but I, oh, yeah. I always find it interesting. Cause I, I like the pack three. Some people, you know, like the, I didn't expect that to be honest with you. Like when I first held a, a pack three, like I was like, man, this thing is so big. Like the other one is, is a little bit smaller. It's kind of nice. All right, man. Well, I think, uh, I think that's about it. Um, I I really appreciate you coming on the show. Everyone. Thank Ron right now. Everyone. Uh, Hey, thanks Sean, man. Thank you for doing this. Great exposure. It's awesome. I'm loving this, man. (laughs) Thanks. Thanks buddy. I hope, you know, I just wanted to be a good resource. People, um, you know, get it. Like I said, when I, when I started this, I, I learned from guys like you and, and, and Nick and sitting around the, sitting around the shop and, and talking to other people. And, and that's what I hope uh, to, to pass on. But so uh, with save the second, where, where can people find some information on you? Is it say, is it a dot org? Yeah. Yeah. Save the two a dot org that save the number two a dot org uh, on Facebook. We're always on Facebook. So save the second on Facebook too easy. Uh, we got a YouTube channel. We'll do a, a few podcasts uh, kind of similar to this, but we do it live. Uh, so, and then of course, uh, we encourage people to comment on our, our live streams and whatnot. So yeah, you can hit us up there. You can hit me on Facebook. Uh, yeah, yeah. Anywhere all the time. Great. Awesome, man. Uh, really appreciate you coming on the show. I'll, uh, I'll link to that. And if you guys, uh, definitely check them out, they're doing good things, trying to, uh, save our NRA if, if it is, uh, saving. So one last question to do with that. Yeah. Uh, besides the NRA, I mean, who, who else is out there? out there fighting forces is it fpc um you know what what happens if the nra goes down who 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 should we really back you know honestly i love just about every other's uh federal gun rights group Uh, fpc i'm a member of uh, federal uh the firearms policy coalition second amendment foundation they're knocking it out of the park for real 
I, I would really encourage people to try to get involved in their state gun sure. rights. Yeah. A lot of the battles are at the state level. I mean, granted, we have you know looming battles at the federal level, but if you can knock it off at your state level, you're better off. So right. tr- try to find your local uh, you know state groups and, and get with them. But yeah, FPC, uh, Second Amendment Foundation, Gun Owners of America, they're all doing great stuff. Awesome. All right, man. Well, that's, so that's uh, that's about the the, the show. Um, again, I, I appreciate you coming on, and we will. Uh, yeah, uh, I guess I'll talk to you guys next time. Ron won't be, but I will be. Well, I'll listen to you next time. <laughs> Great. Thanks. <laughs>